This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is New Orleans Pelicans superstar power forward, Larry Nance Jr., Today's guest is seven-year veteran NBA star who has recorded several of the most jaw-dropping, posterizing slam dunks in recent memory. You know, he's also highly regarded for his high hoops IQ, his versatility, and his willingness to do all the little things on defense that make coaches call him their glue guy. It's my pleasure to welcome Larry Nance Jr. of the New Orleans Pelicans. Larry, welcome to Game Time. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. You've had a quite eventful last few months. You were traded from Portland to New Orleans. Then you had to undergo knee surgery. Uh, you came back in time to help the Pelicans make the stretch run, and probably one of the reasons why they were so successful here at the end of the year. How are you feeling physically, emotionally now, and, and about your your experience in New Orleans? Uh, so you're right. It was a it was a very hectic two and a half months. Um, I feel great right now. Um, you know, my body feels good. I'm I'm uh, getting getting my sleep back from from that playoff run. Um, but no, I feel, uh, I feel great. I love new Orleans right now. Um, yeah, obviously the great organization from the top down, David Griffin and Trajan Langdon, Bryson, uh, have been incredible since I got there. Um, I was fortunate enough to come to the team with, with some friends, CJ McCollum and Tony Snell. Um, I had played with Brandon Ingram in Los Angeles before I got there. So, um, I had already had a few relationships with the team and, and, um, you know, obviously I, I, uh, I left Cleveland to go want to want to go play in a playoff atmosphere for a for a long time, and and you know in a roundabout way, I ended up in the right place, and and I'm just uh, you know I'm thrilled uh, I'm thrilled that I got to have that experience, and hopefully there's just more more to come. How how would you describe your role with the Pelicans? Well, honestly, when I after I had surgery, I wasn't certain that I was going to play again this year. Um, you know, it was, there was, you know, it was a six week recovery, five and a half week recovery, and then eight weeks less of the season. So, I mean, you know, I was in Portland, we weren't going to make the playoffs. And so it was kind of like a, you know, I, I might just call it and get ready for the next year. Um, but when I got to New Orleans, we had something to really play for. And uh, so I wanted to rehab and, and get back as soon as possible to try to help these guys make this playoff push. And, and so, you know, my, uh, my my skills weren't necessarily honed the way I would have liked them to, you know, um, you know, uh, in terms of handling the ball, shooting, and doing all the uh, things I know that I can do skill wise. So honestly, I just went in there playing with energy, playing with effort, and and uh, you know, doing all the doing kind of all the dirty work that uh, the unheralded work that 
that needs to be done in order for a team to be successful. And, and uh, you know, I just I, I think of myself as a winning player. So that's all I was trying to do. You know, you, you mentioned CJ who came over with you from Portland. All, of course, Brandon Ingram was already there. Uh, how about Jose Alvarado, Herbert Jones, and Trey Murphy the third, the three rookies that just seemed like to energize that entire city, that entire franchise, and to make like a run that I don't think anybody expected at any point. Right. No, those three were incredible. Um, you know, they, I, I was not fortunate enough my first few seasons to get uh, to get that kind of experience in the playoffs. So uh, the fact that they handled it with with the poise and and readiness that they had was impressive. And, and uh, like I said, I'm just really looking forward to, uh, you know, to uh, to being with this team for for quite a while because you know they've got guys ready to step up. And and uh, you know, I think we've got uh, we've got. We've got a ceiling to be really good for a really long time. You know, it's amazing. Memphis, small market team, they are lit up with John Morant. He looks great in the playoffs. Obviously, New Orleans, all these young players, there's one big young player that's missing, and that's Zion Williamson. What was your takeaway from, have you met him? Have you talked to him? Have you been able to impart any of your wisdom on him? Yeah, Z has been around. From the second I got there, uh, Z was there. Um, you know, he was, he was rehabbing obviously. So me and him were, we spent a lot of time in the weight room together, a lot of time in the training room and we got to, uh, you know, we got to chop it up quite a bit and he, um, he's been terrific, you know, terrific to me and helped me, you know, uh, you know, what restaurants to go to, you know, getting, you know, just different things, getting acclimated in new Orleans. And so, um, you know, I think he's, uh, yeah, obviously there's no denying what he is on the basketball court. He's, he's, uh, What's funny is we call we always call them a planet. You know, there are there are stars in the NBA, there are superstars in the NBA, and there are there are maybe five or six planets. And he, uh, you know, when healthy, he's he's certainly one of them. And uh, I just can't wait to have him back on the court with us. We're just getting warmed up with Larry Nance Jr. We'll look back at his formative years in Northeast Ohio when game time continues right after this. You should be able to ace this little game we like to call. So you think you know Cleveland? Are you up for the challenge? <laughs> oh, I'm up for it. Who played the character Wild Thing in the movie Major League? Oh my gosh, I know this. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Welcome back to Game Time. Former NBA All-Star Larry Nance Sr. used to second-guess naming his son Larry Jr., fearing that it might create too much pressure, especially in the greater Cleveland area. So far from feeling the pressure, Jr., I think you'd be honored to have your dad's name. Am I right? Um, yeah, I, I. so I've never heard a bad negative thing said about my dad as a person. And so uh, I am, you know, forget what he did on the basketball court, that uh, that to me, the fact that I've only heard great things about how he's treated people and and uh, his relationship with others is is what makes me proud and happy to to share this name and and so uh, you know I, I I like I said I couldn't be happier. Your dad played at Clemson and I remember that because I was at Maryland when he was at Clemson. So like I said, your dad's been like a nightmare for the last thirty <laughs> years to me. Uh, and I'm thinking, why doesn't his son go to Clemson? Instead, you choose Wyoming. How did you end up in Laramie? Um, Wyoming chose me. Um, at the time that I committed to the University of Wyoming, it was, uh, I had two offers. It was Wyoming and Bowling Green. So, um, 
those are my two division one offers. And I, I took a visit out to Wyoming and coach Larry Shiat, who's from Cleveland as well. Um, I, uh, me and my, I, I just fell in love with it. And, and it, uh, looking back on it, it was, it was probably the best decision I could have made, even if I would have been a better player coming out of high school. Uh, cause there was, there's not a better place to focus on nothing, but getting my degree and getting better at basketball. Take us back to your draft day experience in 2015. Uh, you drafted in the first round, 27th overall, uh, by the Lakers. Who, who gave you the call and did you expect to go to the Lakers? So um, it's funny. There's all this around the draft. There's all this, you know, checking mock drafts and see who's going to pick who. And, you know, all these guys are project think they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't show up on a mock draft until the very the day before the draft. And they had me projected 52nd to the Utah Jazz. What I try to do is tell my family, hey, let's put our phones down. Let's just watch this and let it happen if it happens. And, you know, if it doesn't, doesn't. And so I my. My mom, dad, sister, brother, and, and girlfriend, again, current wife, are in the room. And all my family puts their phones down. They're like, yeah, Larry, you're right, for sure. My girlfriend, being stubborn, goes, no, it's fine. I'm not going to – I'm not looking anyway. Like, I'm just scrolling. Cool. <laughs> so, so we get to about pick 25, 24, and all of a sudden, she's just sitting in her chair, just and I, and I see her perk up and, like, go <gasps> – like, you know, gasp. And all of a sudden, you know, and so I look at her like, all right, Haley, what? What happened? She's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And so, of course, then my phone starts ringing at pick 26, and it's Mitch Kupchak from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, Larry, you know, we're going to, you know, we loved your workout. We're going to take you here at 27. Uh, I just wanted to be the first to congratulate you. Um, I'm, I'm going to get off the phone here. Enjoy your enjoy hearing your name called, but congratulations and welcome to the Lakers. And um, it was the best feeling um, it was the best feel. I can't even describe it, but to this day, I still mess with her saying she ruined my draft night experience. <laughs> All right. I love the story. We're going to return to look at how Larry Nance Jr. made a name for himself in the NBA after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. Good change of direction. Look at Larry He throws it down. Oh, Larry Nance can have the crowd on their feet. You had two of the most classic dunks that I've ever seen. One over... Brooke Lopez, and the other one over Kevin Durant. And these guys are like seven-footers. So I'm trying to think, like, when you're going up in the air, do you realize what's about to take place? Is it something that just happens naturally, or do you have a plan for something like this? It just kind of happens. Like, obviously, you know, I, I'm very athletic, and I've known that. And so I know, you know when I get two feet down, and when I get two feet down, there's, there might be a handful of guys that can really jump with me in the league. So, um, you know, on both of those plays – both of those plays, I knew, um, I knew on Brook Lopez he jumped too late, um, and then KD didn't necessarily have the right angle to block my to block the dunk. So both of them, I wasn't at all worried about them um, avoiding them at all. I was just worried about you know I better make this because this would be a spectacular <laughs> miss. Um, so you know it wasn't it wasn't about them. It was more so just let me let me complete this. 
You know, your dad was no slouch when it came to dunks either. And I don't know if people out there know this, but your dad won the inaugural 1984 slam dunk contest at the NBA All-Star Game. Now, here's the great thing that I love about you and what you did with your dad. You actually brought him onto the court 34 years later to recreate his dunk. What was that like for you? Um, that To me, that is, that's an all-time life moment. Um, I grew up seeing pictures of you know my dad's dunk contest and the trophy that is now dented because we're throwing basketballs in the house and it got knocked off the shelf. And, you know, that thing was just, you know, it's just a part of who we were growing up. And so now, you know, the fact that I've got my own pictures of, of, you know, me and him uh, 34 years later in the same contest is, is, uh, you know, like I said, that's an all time life moment, whether I, you know, I didn't, I didn't win. I thought I should have, but um <laughs> I didn't win. It doesn't matter. You know, for me, that that's just uh, something that I'll have and cherish forever. You know, the great thing is you also brought out his old jersey and you put it on. That that was great, too, as well. So we love that. Now, listen, you went to the Lakers. You didn't make the playoffs, unfortunately, but you did get to play with Kobe Bryant. I'm just and and to know him and and to be around him. what, What was he like and how did he impact you? So Kobe was like he just had this aura around him. You know, like I'll never forget the first time I met him. Um, we were all, all the young guys, we were in the summer, it was the summertime, we were all just working out, shooting in the gym, and, you know, I think it was me, Anthony Brown, D'Angelo, Julius, uh, maybe Jordan Clarkson as well, and just shooting, getting our workout in, and, you know, for whatever reason, it's just like, you know, just like, hey, you know, something, something told you, like, hey, you know, go, go check, go look at the door, you know, go t- turn around, you might want to turn around, and, uh, you know, as, as soon as all of us, we all just kind of turned around at the same time and, you know, Cole walked through the door and it was like, um, it was like, ah, it was crazy because Kobe was, you know, Kobe was the, our hero, you know, and it just hadn't necessarily hit us yet that, all right, that's, we're actually on his team. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, seeing him was, you know, that was the first time seeing him, but, you know, the way he handled uh, hit that last year was uh, just so impressive, you know, from a from a human perspective. You know, obviously, as a competitor, you want to win, but um, us young guys weren't ready to do it, um, and his body wasn't ready to carry us to it. And um, but the way he spoke to us individually and as a group, and you know, some of the knowledge that he imparted on us is is, is stuff that I'll never forget. Also, you get to play with LeBron James. I mean, like you play with some great players, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has got to be like the coolest thing ever to be able to play with LeBron in Cleveland in that time frame and everything else. I mean, what was that like? The fact that I got to then, you know, go be go be a support character on a team that 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 he led to the finals is is uh, w- w- was incredible. You know, it's not something that I that I could have dreamt up, and so. Um, you know, I'm thankful for that experience. And obviously, you know, he's an incredible player, um, but, you know, even more so a person, you know, he's always been nothing but uh, nothing but extremely kind to both me and my family. So, um, you know, like you said, I've gotten to play with some great players, but, you know, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing of all these guys that I've, that I've um, been very thankful for is they've all been great people as well. All right, we're going to be back and look at a pair of important causes that are near and dear to Larry's heart. Welcome back to Game Time with Boomer Esiason. 
Welcome back, everyone, as we continue with Larry Nance Jr. At one point in his teenage years, Larry told his mother that he hated basketball and wanted to quit playing the game because he thought it was making him feel tired and sick. It turns out that his lack of energy and periodic weight loss was due to a serious illness called Crohn's disease. And, and Larry, you know, my son has cystic fibrosis, so I always have to explain CF to people. Please explain to the folks out there watching who may not know what Crohn's disease is, what it is and how it affected you and what you're doing about it. So Crohn's disease is an autoimmune, autoimmune disorder. And uh, what it does is it, it affects the lining of your intestines with, uh, you know, with pretty severe, you know, depending on your case, mild to severe inflammation, which can cause a, a whole plethora of issues. Um, you know, for me, you know, from age you know, about 13 to 15, it was, it stunted my growth. I couldn't gain weight. Um, I had no energy. Um, I was missing class because I was just, I would go in the bathroom and fall asleep or spend hours on the toilet. And um, it, uh, it is a very, um, it's one of the, it's an invisible disease because you watch me play or you meet me in person and you're like, man, this guy is 6'9", 240. He must be healthy as a horse. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an invisible disease. So there are people going through it and people suffering um, that you'd never know. And so um, that's why I wanted to get my story out there and felt it so important to, you know, try to make myself the face of this because, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a bear if you can't get it under control. And and, uh, you know, people need to see that there are there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I remember uh, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, David Garrard, suffered from the yes. same thing. Now, have you ever touched base with him? That's funny you say that. When I got diagnosed, I went to Google right away and searched, uh, has there ever been a professional athlete with Crohn's disease? And David's name came up. Mm -hmm. And um, he became my North Star. Uh, you know, my dad was cool. Bron was cool. Kobe was fine. You know, but David Garrard's to this day is... Mm -hmm. is um, my Superman and he knows it. I, me and him have had dinner. Um, we talk on the phone every now and again and, and he's been, um, you know, I've told him, but he doesn't even know what kind of motivation he's been for me throughout my career and throughout my life. So, um, yeah, David Gerard, it's funny you mentioned that he's, he's my North star. He really is. I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad uh, that you found it. Athletes versus Crohn's and colitis. Keep up the good work. Keep getting the message out there and keep being an inspiration yourself. We're going to take a quick time out and then return to see how much this native Clevelander really knows about his hometown right after this. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Welcome back to Game Time as we continue with New Orleans Pelicans star Larry Nance Jr. You professed a deep abiding love for Clevelanders and all things Cleveland for that matter. So I guess you should be able to ace this little game we like to call So You Think You Know Cleveland. Are you up for the challenge? <laughs> oh, I'm up for it. All right, here we go. Whose shot did LeBron James block to seal the Cavs game seven of the 2016 NBA Finals victory against the Warriors? Oh, come on now. Andre Iguodala. 
There you go. Very good. Which Cleveland body of water spontaneously caught fire back in 1969? We, uh, we try not to talk about that too much. The Cuyahoga. Yes, you're right. By the way, the publicity led to the passing of the Federal Clean Water Act of 1972, so something positive came out of it. Before Kevin Stefanski's 2020 Cleveland Browns won their wildcard game against the arch-rival Pittsburgh Steelers, who was the last Brownies head coach to win a playoff game? Oh, wow. I don't know. That would be Bill Belichick. Back in 1994, they beat Bill Parcells and the Patriots in a wildcard game. Who played the character Wild Thing in the movie Major League? Oh my gosh, I know this. <laughs> that is, this this is this was a little bit before my time. Am I wrong? Yes, yes. Charlie Sheen. <sighs> Charlie Sheen. Okay. All right. What are the Cleveland Guardians named after? Uh, the Guardians of Industry. Uh, the, uh, yes, yes. So the they are the eight traffic statues, right? Yes, you're right. You got that one right. Okay, here's one. If you get this one, you get it. You get an A plus for the test. Okay. So my former coach, Sam Weish, who's no longer with us, famously criticized rowdy fans for throwing snowballs when he grabbed the PA microphone and he said, "You don't live in Cleveland. You live in what city?" For throwing snowballs, and he said, "They don't live in Cleveland. You live in." And he was your former coach. Yes, and I was there when he said it. And they just played in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, yes, very right. There we go. All right, so Larry, I know you and your I know you and your wife like to get on your Google and all that other stuff. Get on Google and Google Sam Weish. You don't live in Cleveland. You will love it. I promise you. I absolutely will. Our thanks to Larry Nance Jr. for joining us today and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in-